Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. We've got an opportunity as his church to make sure he's first in it all. See, I've often said that our Christology, our our revelation of Jesus determines our missiology, our mission here on earth. And our missiology determines our ecclesiology. Simply to say, for the Canadians here this morning, sorry, I get in trouble, you are Canadian. So I'm gonna explain what that means for the Canadians. So, Sorry, that's a private joke. Our revelation of Jesus determines our mission here on earth. And our mission determines the church. But for too long, we the church have been about our church thing. And then we like, we better keep people busy. So we'll add a mission to the mission, to the people, to kind of do some stuff around the building and to the people and set up chairs. And listen, that's, I get all that. And then on Easter and Christmas, gee, Jesus, you remember him? We better tag him on and be reminded. We've got all back to front and we wonder why the church loses her way. And we wonder why we lose the church being the body because somehow we've got to come back to Christ determines the mission and our mission determines the church. Let me get into some trouble this morning. Let me step on my toes and yours. There's nothing Jesus and anything. It doesn't exist. See, we are all in this room carrying God causes, things God's put in our heart that he put in our heart. They're from God for us to live out and do, right? It's not wrong. And and it's different for all of us. And you might lean more for mercy ministry or those who have nothing, others have this heart to reach other. It's from God, it's not wrong. Some of you maybe are about caring for the poor or taking care. Others are like us, are all about nations and let's get to the world and get the gospel to the world. And, And those are all good things and they're all from God. But what I've found is when those things are next to Jesus, listen, they take the place of Jesus every time. It's not Jesus and nations. It's not Jesus and the church. It's not Jesus and justice. It's not Jesus and mercy. It's not Jesus and the kingdom. All the ands take the place of Jesus. That's why we've got this infighting and the cause-driven church that's arm-wrestling each other. Why? Because the significance is trying to be in the stuff we do rather than bringing it back to the Lordship under Jesus, then justice, Jesus, then nations, Jesus, then mercy ministry, Jesus, then outreach, or whatever it is in your heart, if you bring it under Jesus, it finds significance and we can all work together living out as the body of Christ. Are you with me? You have to admit, if you put anything next to Jesus, very quickly, it always takes the place of Jesus. And somehow we've got to go through pandemics and all this stuff for God to bring us back to my son has first place in everything. Now I'm asking us as we go forward, your five years, your next five years, and whatever else lies ahead for us as Restoration Church, that in all things, everything, Jesus will take first place. 
Easier said than done, yes. See, I think COVID-19 has exposed many things, and I'm not here to be political or even talk about politics or COVID, but I'm here to read the season. And I think COVID has exposed many things and continues to expose all sorts of things. But let me tell you, we the church were exposed too through COVID. Not exposed to the disease, exposed some things that we were loyal to that was not from God. I, I think the church in our great nation, and I include myself as the church in our great nation, is that we've been too busy being loyal to ministries or we've been having foundations based on ministries and giftings and charismatic people and we've all been loyal to people at the expense of being loyal to the king himself. And when the shaking took place, a lot of what fell was because the foundation wasn't Christ. It was something that was to represent Christ instead of actually Christ himself. And I have this dream. I believe it's a God thing. that Coming out of this season, whatever that looks like. I don't know what that even looks like. And are we out? I don't know. But whatever we're in and whatever lies ahead. But coming out of what we've gone through, I am praying and trusting and believing that we come out as the church that has reconnected to its head who's reconnected with its Lord, who's reconnected with his master, who the bridegroom has reconnected with her bridegroom king. And she will do way more for him out of love than she will out of, out of duty and religion. Have you reconnected with your master in this time? Are you connected to the head again? Is he truly first place in all? And are you in love with him and are you walking with him, not based on Hugh or this church's revelation, your own revelation, coming out of this moment? Friends, we're gonna do great things in him, for him, with him, not because we choose, not because we have to, because we get to, because of our love and understanding of who he is. Are you there? This is for men too. You okay? See, I, I believe destiny is revealed way more in seasons of crisis and seasons of confrontation, which is what we've been through, rather than seasons of convenience, seasons of comfort. The church was comfortable and conveniently doing her thing, and then this thing happened, and a crisis hit us, and somewhat of, com uh, of confrontation. And you know what's been revealed? God brings destiny back to the forefront of his people. So it's been difficult, but it's been awesome. Now we have the destiny of God to be the church again. God's called us to be. Can I also just say, those of you who are still waiting to, for us to get back to pre-COVID, it's not gonna happen. Now I'm not saying COVID's here to stay. I'm saying we're not going back to 2019. Some of us are waiting out to get back to what was. You cannot be nostalgic for an era that no longer exists. We've got to partner with the Lord now in what he's doing now and partner with what he wants to continue to do in the future. Ignorance in the church is not bliss. Being ignorant, what are you doing? Who cares? I don't know, ignorance is bliss. No, no, we need to know what he's doing, partner with him in the season and understand what we were part of, what God was doing and he might still continue to do, but we're not waiting out to get back to 2019. If you are, you're gonna wait a long time. Is that okay? 
Let me read this quickly. Don't turn there because I'm getting to my message now. And good thing is I got airplane tickets, so you can relax. I have to go. Psalm, one of the texts that have really comforted me and challenged me through this season is Psalms 32, verse 8 and 9. And, and I want to just read the, the Passion Translation. Listen, because this is what I feel God's saying to you and I this morning for our future. Psalms 32, verse 8 and 9 says this. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway of your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guides. What a promise. God says, I'm going to advise you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to lead you with my eyes as your guide. You've got to see what I'm seeing, not I see what you see. I'm going to stay close to you. you. You can't read this in the books and what did they do in the 1800s and all, what did the church do pre-COVID? I don't know. God's saying I'm doing a new thing and I'm leading you in there, but you better stay close to me and you better see what I see and I'm going to advise you. So stop podcasting and looking at everyone else and what they're doing and other churches in the other nations and other churches in Chicago and whatever else. What is God doing with you? Are you good? I'm not angry. I'm incredibly happy. This is great news. I'm passionate. I love this. And, but here's the problem. That all sounds awesome. Yes, do it, Lord. And this is what the Lord says. So don't make it difficult. Oh, hello. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. And then he goes on and says, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Hello. That has comforted me through this last 18 months and challenged me to the core of my being. Because I don't just lead, I don't lead a church, which is hard enough. I lead this translocal, global, and everybody, all in every country has been locked down, shut down. And what do we do here? And how do I do that? And honestly, I'm like, ask the Lord, ask the Lord, ask the Lord. I don't know how. I can tell you what the Bible says, but you've got to work out how but the Lord's saying, come with me, trust me, I'm showing you. Don't be stubborn, don't make it difficult, don't make me force you, just come with me. And I think your next whatever years for this great church and how God's directed your path and brought you through so many things and people have come and people have gone and that's the pain of what we do. Some good reasons, some bad reasons, but the plans of the Lord have never changed. God will take us through seasons to get us back on the plan, the purposes and the plans of God. But we've got to trust him, friends. We've got to just go with him. Trust him and let him guide us. Let's not make it difficult. Let's not be stubborn, Americans. I don't want to do that. doesn't matter. I don't believe that. I'm independent. We are out. Yes, okay, I get all that. But not when it comes to him. Just the revelation for us. Are you, are you ready? Wow, okay. It's so simple. We just need to keep saying yes to who to only him and nothing else there are no tricks there's no formulas it's a simple obedient act to say yes lord because you say so and that's all i can bring this morning to say friends i can tell you what your future looks like i can unpack scripture i was going to come and talk about what it means to be planted in the house of the lord and and those things all matter. But as I've prayed for you, here's what I feel the Lord saying. Keep saying yes to me. 
Not to each other. Not to the culture. Not to what the people want. Not to me. This facility you live, you're in, God gave it to you, but it was a yes. The pl- church was planted by these guys going, yes, you all joined and whatever you're part of, by simply saying yes. There's no tricks. Success in the kingdom is a succession of yeses to the king. It's not that complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. Just keep saying yes. And I feel like what God's requiring and asking of His church in our great nation, but for you as Restoration Church here in Chicago, He's asking, will you keep saying yes? See, I believe heaven celebrates obedience, not performance. The question is this, do we see obedience as an opportunity or an obligation? Is it an opportunity or is it an obligation? John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Not you'll come to church if you love me. If you love me, you'll raise your hands in this meeting. If you love me, you'll tell people about me. All those things matter and are important. But Jesus actually says, if you love me, you will obey me. Sometimes it's easier to come to a meeting and put our hands, if we're honest, guys, and worship and tell them how awesome it is and then walk out and go back to what we want to do. I, 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 uh, I was in a meeting recently, and let me tell you, you know, there's some me- it's so good to gather again, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? We never thought we'd be so delighted to actually gather. People used to, I hate, like, church, it's already Sunday now. Like, oh, my gosh, we get to hang out, and you look so beautiful. Even if you're wearing a mask, you're so beautiful. You know, so all this, like, we suddenly appreciate what we've got. Don't lose that. I was in this meeting recently. Let me tell you, worship, the singing part of what our meeting was off the charts. We were, I mean, I looked around. People were on the floor, hands raised. People had brought this wonderful revelation text out of the book of Revelation about Christ and everything revolves around him and heaven's my thing and my dream and my passion and where are you, Lord, in my thing. God's not in your thing. God's not committed to your dream or my dream or the church's dream. He's committed to his call for us. And he wants us to come back to being committed to him for he called us and say yes to him when it doesn't make sense and not make it difficult, not make him tug us and force us, just simply yes, Lord, because I I know this is a radical statement, but I want to get to a place where I'm saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to when it comes to him. I don't need all the details. If you say it, okay, Lord. You say, well, Tyron, that's crazy. That's called love and trust to someone you can trust your unknown future to a known God. If you love me, you'll obey me. Notice that it's not if you love me, you'll have to keep my commands. No, it's cause and effect. If you love me, the result is that you'll keep my commands. And he goes on in verse 21 of John 14, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too. Will love him and show, reveal, manifest myself to him. Now, I, I want to see more of him. I, Hugh got up and said, we, we, he prays every day for a greater revelation of Jesus. So do I. But Jesus actually said, if you obey me, I'll reveal myself more to you. 
That's what he actually says there. We all want to see more of Jesus, right? Give us your presence. Well, he actually says, those who obey me, I will reveal myself more to. Not just pray, obey. <laughs> so here's the thing. If we have an obedience problem, well, then I think we have a love problem. I mean, who hasn't heard a message on obey Jesus more? I've grown up in the church. All I've been told is you need to obey better, obey more. And, and it becomes a duty and a religion. And then I come to connect with him. And I'm like, I choose to. I want to. I want to obey him. If I've lost the wanting or the desire to obey, it's because I've lost the love. Love makes me want to. It's the, it's the actual heartbeat of the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in Matthew 28 and power and authority has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them to obey. I always used to think we walk around with our Bibles and we just tell people, you better obey your nations wherever you go. Obey Jesus, obey Jesus. No, no, teaching them to love me enough to do what I say. It's the heartbeat of the great commission. Love, love motivates us to want to obey. And if we're not living in that, how can we give that to the rest of the world? Are you with me, my dear friends? Let me, let me give you this story and then we, we can pray for these wonderful people. In Luke chapter 5, just quickly go with me there, Luke 5. You know the story well, I'm sure, but I just was reminded of the story this morning for you guys, and I don't know what it means to you or for you, but I feel like it's part of your future. It's what got you to where you are, but it's also God's gonna require more. Not because he wants more from you, because he's trusting you with his mission. Luke chapter five, verse one, it's, it's the miraculous catch. You know the story, right? It says, one day as Jesus was standing, verse one, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people crowding around him, he listened to the word of listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put out a little for the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch." Simon answered, "Master, we've worked." all night and haven't caught anything. The story could have ended there. Usually ends there for us. I love the reality of the situation. I love that they were able to say, we've done this, we tried this, it didn't work. We fished all night. Now, now listen, friends, I, I'm jumping ahead here and I'm not gonna get to my point, so let me just give you some point. Jesus was preaching to people. He saw the crowds. He sees some boats. He walks over and he says, I need to get into those boats so I can preach from the boats to the people. But there were fishermen who had just used their boats. It's now daytime. They fished at night, all right? I'm not a fisherman. You say so. The key to it all is who's saying so. Because who says so determines what we do with what they say. How we view 
Jesus determines how we respond to Jesus. And if you read on, just for some, I can't read on, but if you read it because it's an important story. Go read in line of what I'm sharing this morning. And you'll see that they did it even though they didn't have faith, even though they thought this was off the wall. But the reason Jesus is the one who said it was, okay, we're going to do it. I find it so interesting that Simon didn't go and ask all the other guys, do you think this is a good idea? Because every fisherman would say, don't be silly, it will never work. But he heard what Jesus said. He said, I've fished all night, we've caught nothing, but because you say so. He took his nets, they threw them, they caught so many fish, read it, that the boat began to sink. Now they begin calling everyone else who's fishing, hey, come and help. And so they get blessed. All these people are blessed because of their obedience. Do you see this? So often it's like me and Jesus thing and I obey him. and No, no, he wants us to obey him so others can benefit. There's blessing for others in our obedience. You getting this building is a huge faith step and you still owe money just so you know. It's not paid for. God, yeah, God will provide, but he provides through people. That's how God provides. But anyway, that's another whole preach and I won't go there today. What I want to say though is you didn't get this building for you. And if you think you did, you're going to be sadly inconvenienced going forward. This is part of God's plan for what he's doing in Chicago through his church with your role to play. And while you get benefits, obviously, of having your own building, he didn't put you to have a building for the church. He put you to be a people who can influence and impact and others will be blessed because of your simple yes, Lord, because you say so. So our revelation of him determines how we live for beyond others. We can talk about you need to live for mission, but our revelation, yes, Lord. And then you look at all the breakthroughs that come. So who's on the other side of your obedience? What's on the other side of your obedience? What miracle are you trusting for saying, God, do it? And God's saying, step out and do it, and I will do it. You're saying, do it, Lord, and the Lord's saying, you do it. Who's going to win that? He will. Does that make sense? So it comes back to understanding who said it. We fished all night. Master, because you say so. You see, if you see Jesus as Savior, as a teacher, a philosopher, whatever you're, then you kind of get to choose what you want to listen to. But if you see him as who he is, first place in everything, master, then you get to say, okay, because you've said so, we're going to do this. Doesn't always make sense. Doesn't have to all line up. I don't have to know it all before I can say yes. I'm simply going to go with you and stop fighting you and not letting you have to tug me along the way. Master, because you say so. Are you there? I've said this many times. Forgive me for using the same illustration, but I often think about when Jesus was sitting with his disciples and the Last Supper, and he said to them, one of you are going to betray me. Remember this story? I just think if I was sitting in that meeting, I began looking around and saying, yeah, I knew it was you, Mike. I knew it was you. I'm gonna punch you out. You're gonna betray Jesus. And but that's not what happened. They sat in that meeting, in that 12 of them together, and this is what they said. Surely not I, master. Surely it's not me, master. Surely not I, master. And then Judas, who was the one who did betray Jesus, said, surely not I, rabbi. Surely not me, teacher. He called Jesus teacher. He didn't call Jesus Lord. Who betrayed Jesus? The one who said teacher rather than Lord. 
It's a lot easier to betray Jesus when he's not your Lord. It's a lot easier to say no when it's not convenient. It doesn't make sense. He's not trying to demand or command. He could, but he's not doing that. He wants us to obey him out of love. Want to obey him, not I have to obey. Must. So it's based on our revelation of who we see Jesus as. Interesting question. I wonder where you're at today on that. It's got to shift from a good guy, a great guy, my savior, to my Lord, my master. And when he says, I'm going to obey. It also has to do with our relationship, friends. I'm just going to tell you, we've got to contend and build for our relationship with Jesus. It's not based on each other's. For too long, the church has relied on the preacher to help us with our relationship with Jesus. It's not you or my job to help you. It's your job to go to Jesus for yourself and build your own revelation. Why? Because you have access to him, the same Jesus I do. And I have a role to play in it, but I'm not your role. I'm not your go between him and us. That's old covenant. That's the Old Testament. You get to go to Jesus for yourself. And it's not based on your wife or your husband or your upbringing or your children. It's you with Jesus. Your walk with Jesus is your walk with Jesus. And it's not, he's now my master, so I have to obey. I get to have this relationship. The greatest privilege on this planet still is our relationship with Jesus. I don't just get to heaven because I'm saved. I get to walk with Jesus. I get Jesus. The stuff's awesome, but he's more awesome. <laughs> Do you believe that? Ah, yeah, when things are good. No, all the time. You know what? Are you, we okay? <laughs> you know how many people I met who said to me, Tyron, if I had more time, if I just had more time, I'd spend it with Jesus. And then the whole world shut down. We all had some shutting down where we're not allowed to go to work, we were not allowed to go to school. The whole nation and the whole world shut down for however long, a few months. We shut down and we went to Netflix and we went to Instagram and we went to downloading podcasts and we all got super busy and we got actually into rhythms of lockdown that took us away from Jesus. And then we came back out of lockdown. We said, how much have you connected, reconnected with Jesus? And you're like, oh, no, not really. Wow, I've got so busy being a dad and all this. And you know what we realized? It's not a time thing. It's a priority thing. We give time to what we got time for rather than we make time for what we're about. It's not a rebuke. It's like, do we need another shutdown to relive this? No, we can live it right now. It's not a a chore or a duty. It's a privilege to have a relationship. So you can't just, he's my master and I do everything he says. No, he's my friend and master. You can't have just master and try and serve his purposes. I, I have to land this, but I, I have to, man, I, do you know, I, I, this whole, what happened with the prophets and the elections, and listen, I, I'm just going to bring it up quickly if I can, and I believe in prophets, and we have them on our team, and you know, they, many of them, most of them, and, I, and I'm not pointing fingers, because I'm saying it was not their fault, it's our fault. They were like, well, you know, Donald Trump's going to win, and listen, I'm not, I'm not getting it, you, whatever, please hear me, I'm just saying they prophesied this, and it didn't happen. No one told us about this pandemic. Where were the prophets? 
Shouldn't they have told us? Because according to Amos 3, 7, God's obliged to tell us everything he does before he's doing, which is an old covenant truth, and it's not relevant, I believe, in the New Testament. He doesn't have to speak to prophets. He speaks to his people. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, In the past, God spoke through many places and various, but in these last days, he's spoken in finality through his son, Jesus. So prophets are not there to speak to us on God's behalf. They're there to confirm what we've already heard God saying when it comes to the New Testament. Okay, now I'm probably losing some of you. I'm just asking you not to hear, read the Bible from beginning to end and then let's have a debate. And so people's like, where were the prophets and why didn't they warn us and why didn't they tell us and they got it wrong and, and I wanna say, where were we? Who? The church, not the preacher, the church. Those who have access to Jesus all the time. Where were we in all of this? We're too busy listening to what people think rather than what God's saying. And in John 15, probably one of the most quoted texts in shutdown, come with Jesus so we know what he's doing. So when he says, throw your net on the other side or step out of your boat or whatever, it doesn't make sense. It's easy to trust him because he's master, but we also know him because he's revealed things to us. Does it make sense? And the key to it all is we need to respond. <laughs> it's wonderful to hear the word of God. It's another one to say, but actually to step out. They had to do it and look at the result. Obedience is the fruit. It brings the fruit. And I feel like there's this consistent future for you as a wonderful church going forward. Simply hear God and do what he says. Keep saying yes to the king. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.